0: You are listening to the Direct Booking Success Podcast, bringing you all the information you need for your short-term rental to stand out from the crowd. I'm your host, Jen Boyles. As an owner and manager myself, I know how hard it can be to navigate the hospitality industry. I'm here to help, so you too can have direct booking success. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Direct Booking Success Podcast. I'm Jen Boyles, your host, And today I have Annie Holcomb with me. Annie is the other half of the Alex and Annie, the Real Women of Vacation Rentals podcast. And she has been working in the hospitality industry for 30
1: years. So welcome, Annie. Thank you so much for having me, Jen. It's actually an honor. I've been following you for several years now. I think our LinkedIn world has connected everybody no matter where we live. We all seem like we're in the same neighborhood. So it's great to finally meet you and get a chance to chat.
0: Oh well, thank you very much. I've been following you guys and listening to your podcast, so it's wonderful to have you here today. Now, let's start with getting into your background. Thirty years—I don't want to date you. I'm not going to ask you how <laughs>
1: how old you are or anything like that, because I've been around too. But where did you start off? Um, thirty years ago. Yeah. So, um, I was born into hospitality. Literally, no. I I started out actually at a front desk. I had I had uh, moved to Florida, and I was in, I was going to school and. I um, ended up having to have some reconstructive knee surgery. I'd been a gymnast, had some stuff I needed to take care of and needed to like get a job and get laid back on my feet and pay my parents back for letting me like, you know, crash at their house for several years. And so I started working out at or working out, working at the front desk at a branded franchise hotel. It was a group that was local to the Panama City Beach market. They had all the franchise properties in the area. And worked there for several months. And the owner of the property came to me one day and she said, You're so wasted at the front desk. You don't belong here. And I didn't know what that meant. I thought she was gonna fire me. She said, You need to be in the sales. Yeah, right. You need to be in the sales department. So I moved to the sales department and got into sales and I worked through the sales realm for several years, handling what what in the hotel world is the smurf. So it was like the social, military, educational, fraternal. All the religious stuff, I did that for several years and then landed at a company in the market that had bought out a resort. They bought a resort that was the largest. They had 60 plus thousand square feet of meeting space, 600 guest rooms, and they needed somebody who kind of had like the the understanding of the, the larger conferences and larger conventions that we could bring to the market. So went to them and they ultimately decided a couple of years into their um, operation that they wanted to get into vacation rentals. So they tore half the resort down and they built a condominium. They brought in a gentleman from Myrtle Beach who had kind of been in Myrtle Beach when they went through sort of their, their ref, you know, re, like reclaiming of the beach and becoming a big, big vacation rental destination. And he said, we can do all the same stuff we've done in Myrtle Beach on a grander scale. And we're going to do it all with this company. And I need you to be part of it. And I said, great. What does that mean? He said, I have no idea. I know what I need you to do. I know where I need you to get to, but I have no idea how to tell you to get there. And it was like, that was very intriguing to me. So I kind of uh, forged ahead and decided that like, okay, we, we he wanted to be the largest management company on the beach, didn't know what that looked like. I'd only worked at hotels. So all I had was hotel experience. Started talking with developers, to builders, going to like job sites where they were building condominiums to find out who was taking care of it, who was going to be managing it, you know, who were the owners that were buying into these things, getting to be friends with the realtors. So after several years of that, we, our condo came out of the ground at the property I was at. And I had worked, networked up and down the beach. And we ultimately had around 3,000 units under management for HOA, condominium association management. And then for rental management, we had somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 to 1800, give or take, you know, every year. And that was where I got kind of like found the love for vacation rentals. And I've been in that, that was in 99, 2000 era. So I was doing that, ended up arguing with my market manager from Expedia about how they didn't understand vacation rentals on a regular basis. And they had a job that came open and they said, well, maybe you should probably take this job or at least go for it. So long story short, I applied for the job, interviewed for several months, got the job as a market manager for Expedia. I handled the Gulf Coast, so Panama City Beach, all the way to Gulf Shores, Alabama. So the the big part of the panhandle, largest vacation rental destination outside of Orlando, kind of in the Southeast. And so did that and then was uh, with Expedia for four and a half years, spent the last two years on their um, key accounts team managing what at the time was deemed Alternative lodging. So vacation rentals was in that bucket. Um, and I learned a lot about how the rest of the, the rest of the country operated and then where all the shortcomings were and kind of where the little nooks and crannies of business were and the companies that were doing it right and the companies that weren't, um, left Expedia when shortly after they bought HomeAway, um, and moved out to channel management. So worked for channel management. And then last year, the channel manager I was working for was sold. And so I'm back with an OTA now, but doing the podcast in between all of that and really focused on education within vacation rentals. And the topic that we're going to talk about today, the one that I'm most passionate about is mentorship and, and what that means for our business.
0: That's right. And I love that you're you're here today because we are going to talk about something that is dear to me as well This topic and why I contacted you to come on today. Yeah talk about mentorship. But I love that you can say, you know, 1999, you were learning about vacation rentals. That's pre-OTAs, that's um, pre-Airbnb. And there's so many people in this sector now that think that the world began when Airbnb started, right? Yeah. And it's a great reminder that this industry has been around, you know, hospitality has been around forever. You can go back to the the dawn of time for hospitality um, and vacation rentals being part of that. Um, so it's really great that you are here to talk today. Now, mentorship. You know, the landscape of vacation rentals, I think is very dynamic. And I think that the idea and people talking about mentorship is sort of gaining traction. Now, do you have a specific moment that maybe you realize that this, you know, the, the crucial role that mentorship can play in the
1: growth of property managers and owners. Now, so I have two kind of pivotal moments within my career that I think set me up for this particular topic. When I was in the hotel business, there was a, a lady that I worked with that was, you know, she was 28 years ahead of me in her career and knew everybody and everything. And as opposed, and instead of like looking at the opportunity to share her knowledge, she tried to squash my enthusiasm and it was very much of like you don't need to know this you're too young you just and really pushed me aside and it was very frustrating and then we had a a boss that came in and said to me like this is not the way it should work you should really have senior leaders that want to make you better and help you be stronger so this person's not going to be around much longer and you know don't worry about it it'll work out for you in the end but that was the moment when I said like if I ever get to a point in my career, where I feel like I have enough knowledge to be able to share with somebody, I want to pay it forward or pay it backwards or however you want to look at it. I wanted to be there to give that version of me at, at the, in their twenties that assistance, that sounding board, that somebody who was like going to tell me my ideas were they're great or they were stupid or we could you know modify them, whatever it was. So I got to about well, it was COVID was when all this really happened. And I think we were all in a in a position of like sink or swim. It was like we all had to just fend for ourselves, kind of figure out like what is what what is our next thing going to be because we just didn't know. I mean, nobody knew what the world was going to look like post COVID, let alone what it was going to look like a week into COVID. And I found just I found a voice in me and a desire to kind of be a, a better version of myself. And I started looking for those people that were going to help me do that. And there, there's I could name. 15, 20 people right off the bat that were just in various aspects, whether they knew it or not, were very helpful. They, when I reached out to them, and I think it took that to force me to know that it's okay to go ask for that help. It's okay to seek it out. You don't have to have somebody come to you and say, Hey, I'd like to mentor you. You just go to these people and over time that relationship develops. So those two pieces kind of fit together. And as I, as I worked through doing the podcast with Alex and, and doing things where I kind of again found my voice. I realized that like there's a platform there that I could use through the podcast, through the relationships that I built. And it was time to get other women that were in the business that were probably feeling some of the same things I felt, whether it be imposter sy- syndrome or just feeling that they were, again, we're in an industry where we don't see each other a lot because we're very much embedded in our markets or where, you know, the, the destinations that people work in. I think the suppliers get out more, but so, as far as the, the managers, they really don't. And a lot of the women coming up in those businesses don't get an opportunity to engage with somebody at another level or in another market unless there's a program. So this is kind of where this all came from. And Heather Bayer and I had talked about it. Like, what, what does that look like? And that's kind of, again, wh- why you reached out to me, how this has all come about. And we're, we just came off the heels of the women's conference by the time this airs. And we're doing a mentor-mentee matching um, at the conference. And that's going to last three to four months for each mentor. But, you know, I think those two moments just really made me... I carried the one for me with me for a long time, and I still carry it with me. But just understanding that I had to go out and seek and find, and it was hard. How do I make it a little easier for somebody else? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love the
0: idea of the of the matchmaker, mentee, mentor, you know, a situation that you'll be doing at the at the Vacation Rental Women's Summit. I and mean, that is a really great idea and that it's going to go on for a few months. It's not just for a couple of days. Because it's, it's, it's hard, you know, like you touched on, we are working very independently. We're siloed basically in our own offices, our own homes, some of us, you know, um, in our own teams. And it's looking beyond that. And I think that our sector is, we, we spoke about this predominantly male driven. Um, however, it's women mainly in these, this sector and we face specific challenges, don't we? As women yeah. as a whole.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a stat that was, I think at the, at the last women's summit, they, there were some people on stage and I don't remember exactly the number, but it was. Somewhere in the neighborhood of around 65% of the people in the rental industry were women, yet they held less than 3% of sort of that C-suite, BP levels, the senior level roles within the industry. And And that's not to say that that's a bad thing because we are a very, you know, a, a fam- we're a lot of family-run businesses. There's a lot, a lot, not a lot of big corporations sitting in it. So it is a little different but I think what what is it, how do we create the opportunities? How do we, I, I look at like the STR side of the business. Um, we talked about this off, off camera, um, you know, the, the short-term rental side of the business that seems to be different than vacation rental. It's really not, but there's there's been a big movement within that to just elevate people to get into the business, get one unit, get started, and they don't care whether you're male or female. I think that vacation rentals is just something that's like, they're generally homegrown businesses. They're small markets. It's like, again, it's family run. It's not a big corporation. So there's just been, it's just more based on, I think, tradition than it is any purposeful intent of like not having women. It's just that I think that women didn't know until recently that that was an opportunity for them to have that business and to be, to be a leader within an industry. If you didn't have it, you know, you don't have to have a degree to work in vacation rentals. You don't have to be a specialist. I mean, certainly, it helps with business or whatever, but it's a business that anybody can do if they have the the drive and the willpower.
0: Yeah, you learn on the job, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And mentorship is is a real big part of that if you want to maybe go a bit quicker. And I yeah. think as women, you know, rightly or wrongly, we're not going to get in a whole gender debate, but you know, a lot of life falls on. um a woman's shoulders, you know, with yeah. the family and the home life and stuff. And then a business on top of that, it's a lot. And going out and finding a mentor that can help you over those bumps, I think is a really way, a great way to sort of navigate hurdles, break through barriers. And I think do you have any tips like we're not all going to be at the vacation rentals, the women's vacation rental summit, which happened just last week, when by the time this airs. But are there other ways Do you think that maybe women who want to be mentored, how do you think they could really get into it or get get started?
1: Well, I think the first thing is just identify what your need is, like, what you know, what is it that you want to learn? If it's if it's you want to learn more about your business, there's there's people within your market generally that you could partner with. And I think there's there have been a notion for a long time that you had to be enemies with the person that was running a, a competitive business. But they're really not. I mean, they're your partner. In the industry, in the market, I mean, you're both you're both trying to get the same thing to happen for people to come to your de- destination. Ultimately, you want them to choose you over your competitor, but you, you you're driving for the same goal. So I would say, like, get to know the people in your market, participate in your destination marketing organization, your chamber of commerce, like join those organizations. But on a broader scope, obviously, VRMA, you know, being a member of VRMA, there's a lot of educational offerings there. Uh, LinkedIn has just become, the uh, Amber Hurdle calls it the water cooler of vacation rentals. And it truly is. I mean, the networking that gets done on vacation, uh, you know, for vacation rentals on LinkedIn, I've never seen anything like it. It's, it's, it's like Facebook, but it's not with the exception of maybe a few circumstances. Everybody's real positive. Everybody wants to share. And so just ask. I think just putting that question out there. I know I've done things where I'm just like, I don't know what this particular project I'm doing looks like, or I need feedback or I need guidance or just input. And I'll throw it out there. And people, strangers are willing to offer their their feedback. And I think that that's the great thing about it is it's just like people want to be engaged with each other regardless of where we're at. And and it's really fun to go to the show when you haven't met somebody like all through COVID, we'd been talking to people had Zoom calls and you go and you finally meet somebody one time a year and you feel like you've known them for 20 years. But the biggest thing is just put yourself out there. I mean, that's one thing you, you can't sit there and assume that life is going to come to you. You have to go to it, make it happen.
0: Yes, definitely. And I think that's how we get through our businesses here. You know, but we're a hospitable bunch. You know, we're in hospitality. That's our, our backbone is, is, is hospitality. And I think, you know, we want more positivity. I think it's really important impressive that you see all this positivity on LinkedIn. I think this is really great because sometimes on the social media, we can go into the not so great territory, but it's really combating what you found earlier in your career when you had a senior manager who was really a put down, you know, on you and we need more of that positivity. And I think that's where the role of a mentorship can really transform someone's life. Absolutely. You know, if you're somebody who's a, a manager and you're continuously putting down people's ideas, they're going to stop bringing you those ideas. Yeah, But if you're someone there to sort of lift people up and I I'll tell you a story, I was in um, London and this was in the spring and I was sitting at dinner with my daughter. So, of course, there's no major conversation going on. And I'm listening to other people around me. And um, these two girls were sitting, I'm going to say girls, they were in their 20s they're sitting beside me and she, one of the girls was going on about work and how horrible all the women are that she works with. Mm. And, and it was really, it just sounded like a horrible situation, catty and everything. And I think this is what happens sometimes when we are young and we come into this, this sort of female vibe, this female energy that, you know, it, it takes us a while, I think as women to grow into ourselves, to realize that we need to be lifting each other up. And it's collaboration over competition. And Absolutely. I love, you know, what you're doing with the mentorship. How do you think, like, what do you think this comes out of? Do you think it's maybe just age and and wisdom that we sort of start to get into more lifting each other up
1: rather than tearing each other down? Yeah, I think for sure that there's there's, you know, people say you get to a certain point in your life where you just don't care, like your meter, you give a Give a hoop meter if it's broken. You know, you're just like, I just want to do what makes me feel good. But I think that I've I've always tried to be on the sunnier side of of things. You know, there have been times in my life for sure that I've been very negative. But I do think it does, it does come with age. And it does come with the uh, the acknowledgement that you can't control every facet of your life. And sometimes you just gotta roll with it. And and I'm I'm a real big believer um just over probably the last 10 years of kind of that manifestation of like, you know, you 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 become what you are, you give what you get. And I had read a book years ago um, by Deepak Chopra, and I went through this period where I was reading all of this stuff, and some of it was way too deep for me to quite understand. But he explained this simple theory that all humans are born to be hospitable. We're all go- born to be very con- like kind and loving and warm. Some people, not so much, some people more than others, but in the base of premise, we're all born that way, but we each are given a bucket at birth and we are to go around and fill up the buckets with kindness and grace and hospitality. And eventually when your bucket fills up, Jen, I'm sitting with you, it flows back to me. And so I, that resonated with me and has stuck with me through all the like ups and downs, I, my, the people that know me well, we had a really major hurricane that came through my market or um, where I live, my town in 2018. And then the year after that, it was COVID. And then, you know, it was just like, and then I lost my job. It was like, I lost my job in between that. And there's all these things that kind of happened. And it was like, you can either, you know, let it consume you or you could just like try to make the best of it. So during, after the hurricane, I found like the cause and I worked on this cause and it was just, it was a simple thing. Getting bins to people that needed to box up their homes and salvage whatever they could. And I had bins coming from Canada and all over the, all over the U S, but it gave me purpose. And so Mm -hmm. that, that purpose kind of has stuck with me. So through COVID, it was kind of the same thing of like, what is my purpose going to be now? So my purpose during COVID became like, how do I make me a better person? How do, how do I become better? Now, not to say that I didn't become lazy and gain 20 pounds because I did (laughs) do that, but. Professionally, I definitely became more confident. I, I became more engaged in people, more willing to put myself out there and not afraid to share my voice, not afraid to share an ID, not afraid to raise my hand and ask a question where I had my, I'd spent probably the first 25, 30 years of my life, always fearful in a meeting, not wanting to speak up, afraid to be the dumb one, you know, definitely had been, you know, felt like I didn't want to be heard or Wasn't going to be heard when I was in my 20s because I was too young. And I was told that by this woman that I referenced. So I think that, you know, just finding a purpose and finding a meaning for yourself to focus on, mine just became trying to be positive. I'm never going to be the smartest person in the room ever. Not going to happen unless there's nobody else in the room. And then maybe, (laughs) but I'm definitely, I can be the nicest or I can try to be the nicest. And so I've just always erred on that side. And so, you know, I've been, I've been put down on LinkedIn for. Try, you know, being nice and saying that that's just, you know, like, like, that's just a a front. But I mean, people that know me know that's just, I don't like the negativity. I don't like the cattiness. And I think for women, it does no purpose to be that way. If you're with somebody that is negative, they're toxic and you don't need them in your life and you don't need them in your space and remove them. However, that happens, whether you can go find another job or you just compartmentalize that aspect of your life. And I love that
0: idea we're talking about with the buckets is that you filling them up and then they overflow to the next person that you're with. And when you're talking about a terrible time, you know, the pandemic and the hurricane job, you know, it sounded like your bucket got a hole, basically. And then you found that cause to fill the hole and then that bucket started going back up again. So I love that sort of analogy. And thinking about the relationship with mentees and mentors, you know, we think, we think about all the things that a mentee gets out of it. But what does a mentor get out of the relationship?
1: I think the mentor gets as much, if not more, than a mentee gets. I mean, a mentee a lot of times is looking for, sometimes it's validation, sometimes it's guidance. And I think that a mentor is getting as much, uh, the, the same thing in return. They're getting validation that everything that they've been through is, is valuable, that all the knowledge that they have is valuable and wanted. You know, they're getting the confirmation that what they're, you know, the guidance that they're offering is good. But on the same respect, they're getting feedback on some of the things that maybe they are providing. So I think it's a, it's not a one-way relationship. So it's to say that, you know, a mentee gets more, that's, I, I absolutely think that a mentor gets as much, if not more out of it. And the one thing I w- will say that I've learned in this group that I'm working with, we've talked about this, is that, you know, you don't, you don't have to have a mentor that's uh, like above you. You can have a mentor that's below you in terms of like your rank at a, in, in organizations, but also like, it, it doesn't mean that you have to have somebody that's your age. I mean, you know, I like Alex and I are like an unlikely pair because we're 15, 16 years apart but we are like sisters in that we have similar, you know, traits and things that we like and where I compliment her, she compliments me in the reverse, you know. So it's like I think seeking out all types of people, but you kind of the people that you would like to be. Like what you want people yeah. to see you grab those personality traits and bring them to you. So a mentor is just as much or you know, is learning and gaining just as much as a mentee is, and that's how everybody should go into that is that you're, you're going to give as much as you're going to get.
0: Yes, definitely. And I think that both for the mentor and the mentee, that it doesn't have to be one person. You know, if you're yeah. someone who's looking for a mentor, you know, there might be different aspects of different someone else's business and the life, you know, qualities that you want to bring into your your business and your life. And the same for the mentor, you know, it can be the opposite thing. The ment the mentee could be mentoring the mentor oh. about something as well. And I think that's what you're getting to when you're talking about it going both ways. Yeah. And there are, you know, I have a program where I mentor people in the program, and there's lots of different programs out there in this business that are mentorship programs. That's what the, we don't maybe use that word. But yeah. The of them is that you're giving your experience and you're helping them you know through this situation now what do you think about cuz we're this sector is evolving so quickly mm-hmm. adapting technology to, you know this i can't imagine what's going to happen in the next year that we're going to see with ai yeah. coming in it's going to be crazy yeah. but what do you envision for the role of mentorship how do you see it sort of evolving or what would you like to see evolving in, it into in the vacation rental sector
1: i would like to see less showmanship there's there's some mentor and they, they don't call themselves mentors but there's some people that are in the business that everything is a very it's flashy and it's showy and it's you know Get rich quick and and like again, if you if you got rich quick, greedy. Like the re- that's not the reality for the rest of us. And I love one of my favorite people in the business, Lauren Maidwell. She's with Auntie Ballon's um Cabin yes. Reynolds in Gatlinburg. She's just one of the most genuine people you'll ever meet. And she commented to somebody about like, you know, the the area of like the short term rentals and people saying, like, oh, this is passive income. You can just, you know, buy it, buy a home, put it on Airbnb and let it do its thing. And so she said passive my acid like that's like there's that's not possible and anybody that's in the business understands that but I think just the the dishonesty that's kind of I want say it's not dishonesty that's not that's not the right word I just think the flashy showmanship of it is in not showing like the true behind the scenes you're gonna be working seven days a week when you're when you're in vacation rentals you're working seven days a week a lot of times especially in season. you're working late hours you're doing you're wearing multiple hats. And Annette and Sarah, they they have the Thanks for Visiting podcast and they are two of my favorite people because they like genuinely like, they're not afraid to be seen mopping the floor. They're not afraid to like show you like, it's not all glamorous. And so I think that I would like to see that, more of that and less of the flashy, let's get on stage and, you know, like have a thousand people in an audience cheering me on kind of thing. That's not to me mentoring people. That's just... Again, it's it's showmanship and I, there's a yeah. place for that, but it's not in in what I deem mentoring.
0: Yeah, no, it's sort of feeding the ego rather than yeah. mentor mentorship.
1: Yeah. Yes, okay. I, I totally agree, and I
0: think that you know uh, you know you might be you might be interested in that, you might be attracted by it at the beginning, but I think a lot of people start to see through that flashiness as, as yeah. there not being substance, and it is a hard job you know, we've all been there scrubbing toilets, making beds, yes. <laughs> you know, I have had, you know, I, I do have to tell you about Laura, because when I heard about her saying passive my assive," I was right on to LinkedIn to get in touch with her and said, you have to come on the podcast. So she's yeah. going to be on, I think, oh, good.
1: because I'm like, that is the best phrase ever. She should Absolutely. trade. I know, I know, and know. We need to get a shirt. We need to get a shirt made for it. I should buy her a hat or something. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's it. That's it. it Because it's
0: is—it's not a passive thing. The only thing that would be passive is if you invested and then you absolutely nothing. Somebody else did everything with your money. You know, it's the only way it could be. And even in that, you would think that you'd want to be checking out to make sure your money's okay. So there is nothing. And then there's the. some people are starting to say semi-passive. Well, come off it. You know, it's it's hard. (laughs) (laughs) It is hard work. And I think that's where the role of having some a uh, mentor or mentors, you know, in your life that you can go to when you have have a question. I know I have those people in my life and actually just thinking of someone right now, I've never thought of them as a mentor. But of course, when I have a question about that sort of topic or that sort of subject, I
1: have different people that I go to. And of 100%. course, yeah, 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 you need no, in your just- life. Absolutely. And I think that that's the other thing too, is that you don't have to identify it as a mentor-mentee relationship. If you go to anybody for a regular touch base or they're a top, they're a subject matter expert. They're mentoring you. They're giving you feedback. They're providing you their time and their knowledge to access. So they're mentoring you, whether it's been an established relationship or not. So I think, again, trying to say that like it has to be this defined, agreed upon, structure like the, you don't that that might scare people away because of the mentor you're mm. like I don't have the time to do it and then the mentee's like well I don't have the time to do the homework that they're going to give me. It just depends how you want the relationship to be. But I think that's just it. It's likely you're going to have five or ten people at any given time that if you go to again I have about 15 to 20 people that I know that it, a very specific topic that if I go to I probably have three people that are generalists that I can go to and they can go, <laughs> here's where you need to go but they're, but generally they're speaking, there's somebody within like a discipline that I know like, oh, they are the person that I trust to help me navigate through this. Yeah. And I think, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head there. You know, it doesn't have
0: to be this formal relationship. I am mentor, you are mentee or whatever. (laughs) You know, But I think, yeah, pulling out those, those characteristics and people that you want to, that you want to have in your life. I think that's what it comes down to it. And I think that, what you're saying about, you know, if you have questions, look for somebody in your network, start by using LinkedIn, look for somebody in your company, you work with others, that you can ask those questions. And once you're on the other side of things, if somebody comes to you with those questions, take the time to answer them and answer them with, you know, grace and, and kindness. Even if you're really, really busy, it's like, you know, when our children come to us, and we're like up to here at our eyeballs. Right. Yeah. And they're wanting to know something and you're just like, oh, please just leave me alone. I've got to get this done. You know, it's thing to take a, take a deep breath, take a step back and say, right. I always, you know, I have a couple of minutes for you. Let's talk that through. And I think it's the same with when someone's coming to you with questions is to remember, just take that breath and yeah. and see what you can do to help. And I think that's how we will build up each other in this industry.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and and if it's and it's just the little things that matter. I mean, I've encountered more situations where people will come back and say, like, I, I I just appreciated it so much that you were able to like answer this. What just something very simple, and you don't know it. And I think once you hear it enough, you realize like it makes you feel good to be able to help somebody. But I always like I you know I, I tell my son like you just don't know what's going on behind people. So there's a there's a there's a phrase in the south, and it's bless your heart. And so it's one of those ones that could be used as a term of endearment. It can be used as a like a mm, I don't know how this person gets out of their house without tripping over their own feet you know, statement. It it can be used in multiple ways, just depending on the tone or, or like the the subject matter. But it it always reminds me then that it's like I you just don't know what the person on the other side is going through. So try like you said, handle it with grace. If you don't have the time, say, look, I can't get to it right now, but let's you know let's put ten minutes on the calendar over here. Just make time for people because it'll, again, you're paying it for. You're you're filling up your bucket. You're filling up their bucket. And if everybody's got full buckets of gracious and, you know, grace and gratitude, then eventually the world's a better place.
0: That's it. I think we've just fixed it. I think we have. Yeah, just we have. I mean, right. Well, there World you go. Peace.
1: I'm going to go talk to the UN and we'll take care of it all. <laughs> all to do with buckets, okay? Right. Let me yeah, you just give everybody
0: this. a bucket. Yeah. <laughs> and if it springs a leak, well, then this is what you do. I think that's yeah. brilliant. All right. Now, I really appreciate you coming on, Annie, and talking about this because it's something that is dear to my heart and it's about collaboration over, you know, competition. I think that that just makes such sense and us coming together as a community, it's already a great, hospitable community and we can even do um, more with it. Now, before you go, I have to ask you, now, this is going to seem slightly off topic from what we've been talking about, but when we're talking about mentorship and whatnot, you know, I can see that in the direct booking space, there's a lot of room for this um, yeah. and help people learn what to do and what, you know, where to do it. You know, I've got people come to me all the time and say, I don't know where to start, you know, yeah. it's, for step one and
1: working your way through. So. Can I ask you, what does direct booking success mean to you? Oh my gosh, that's such a big question. And having been in property management before, I know that there's just a drive. It's direct books, direct, you know, direct book, direct direct book. But you have to understand your market and you have to understand. So I think the success looks like someone or something that you understand that you, it, it doesn't happen overnight. It's not one channel, Airbnb, BRB, whatever it is that's not success. Success is that you understand the dynamics of your market and that you understand what your guests want and you're not trying to give them something that they're not interested in. So I had a a gentleman that I worked for that used to say all the time, you have to be what the market wants you to be, not what you not tell the market what you want it to be. And so I think that success looks like someone who understands that they can't control it. It's it's going to change and you have to constantly be learning. You have to have a mentor. You have to get out there and pay attention and look at the data and not let someone somewhere else tell you how to run your business. You just have to be engaged in mm. the business. That's right. Yeah. Not sure if that answered it. <laughs> oh, it definitely, definitely did. Okay,
0: Definitely did. So I'm going to put your LinkedIn link in the show notes so people can find you. I'm going to put the Alex and Annie podcast website link in the show notes as well. So I'm sure that everyone listening is listening to your podcast as well as the real women of vacation rentals. I love that title. (laughs) So thank you, Annie, so much for coming on
1: today. Jen, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And if you have the time, I hope you'll uh, join our mentor group and make yourself available. I think it would be wonderful to have you and and your knowledge. And now that you're kind of in our time zone and not in the European time zone, it'd be much easier to work with you.
0: Oh, that'd be wonderful. I appreciate that. I'd love to do that. Thanks, Annie. Thanks. Hey, thanks for listening to the Direct Booking Success podcast. For more information about this episode and others, head to the website, directbookingsuccess.com slash podcast. See you next time.